Soul Recovery is not just this podcast. It is a community. And each month on the first Monday, we get together on Zoom to support each other. I give a topic, then we break into small groups. It's a powerful way to be seen and witnessed and heard and supported through your own soul recovery journey. This is free to attend and open to everyone. Go to the website to register. The next one is May 6th from 6 to 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Also, in June on the 8th and 9th is an in-person soul recovery retreat in Lafayette, Colorado. This is going to be a weekend of incredible transformation, learning how to use soul recovery in your life and to leave that weekend transformed. Visit the website for more about what to expect and how to register. Enjoy the episode. We all need support from others. We all need to feel seen and heard and loved and supported. And yet it can feel uneven. It can feel like you're always the one who's doing the supporting. And maybe it's your partner or somebody important in your life that you don't feel like you're getting reciprocated in that level of support. And it can be all too easy to get caught up in resentment around it, to start to see what you're not getting instead of maybe what you are getting, or to actually see it clearly so that you can make choices and decisions for yourself that are based on your healthiest, most spiritually resourced self. Join me as we talk about healthy ways to take care of ourselves, still support others, and be able to have boundaries and clarity about what you need. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Recover Your Soul podcast, a spiritual path to a happy and healthy life. My name is Reverend Rachel Harrison. I started Recover Your Soul after having profound changes in my life from my recovery of alcoholism, codependency, and control addiction. I was guided to share the tools and principles of spirituality and soul recovery to help others transform their lives as mine was transformed. For us to overcome external circumstances, we need to turn the attention to ourselves, focusing on our inner change and healing. Positive results in our lives will follow. Welcome to Recover Your Soul. I am Reverend Rachel, and I am so glad that you're here with me today. It's by no mistake that you are here today because this is a spiritual path. And if you believe in those kinds of things, then you are brought here, if you're new, for a reason to learn about how to turn the attention to yourself, how to find inner happiness, how to let the rest of the world be as it is and let go of control and codependence and all the issues that come with other people being out out there doing whatever they do as human beings. We're just human beings trying to figure it out. For today's episode, I wanted to answer a question that came on the Facebook private Facebook soul recovery community page. And I love it when you ask questions or you say, Hey, Rachel, let's talk about more about this. I'd like to hear more about this particular situation or how do I deal with this? So For today's episode, we are going to be answering a question that came from an anonymous member because we are all about your anonymity and you feeling safe and comfortable so you can absolutely post anonymously and respond to them. I believe you can respond anonymously. I would love for everybody to be on this community page. There's over 700 people already who are members of this amazing soul recovery community. Okay, to the question. So it says, How do you not grow resentful when you're in a marriage, when you're always the supporter and never the supported? 
especially when you're in a difficult season yourself. I'm going through a lot right now, but my partner is too in his own depression slash addiction to be able to provide me with any real emotional support beyond the occasional hug and sometimes he can listen. On the flip side, I feel like 90% of what I do and have always done in our relationship is provide the emotional mental support for him. Help possible podcast topic, maybe? Yes, this is a fabulous podcast topic. I think that there's so many great things in this because it has resentment in the first sentence. How do I not grow resentful when you're not getting what you think you need from your partner or that you know that you need from your partner? So let's tackle that. Let's take a look at how we can deal with these inner feelings. Now, I've had a lot of work on my own around this exact topic. And if you've listened to the podcast before, you've heard me talk about my my situation with my sweet and wonderful husband, who is so great in so many ways and isn't able to provide the emotional and spiritual support in other ways that I would like, that I wish that were part of our relationship. But if you've heard me talk about this before, what I see so clearly now is that there were, oh my gosh, like 10 or 15 years of our almost 32 years together that were surrounded around my wanting just a little bit different than what he had to offer. This is very complicated in terms of our spiritual development because there's so many facets to it. It isn't just clean and clear and this is like this and that is like this. We as human beings are so complex in our nature, in our needs, in our personality styles and how we relate to each other. What one person needs, the other person doesn't need. What one person feels, the other person doesn't see what's going on with that. This is the incredible part of our complexity as humans and that we are all unique to ourselves and yet there's common threads. So one of the layers is that we tend to pick people in our relationships that either mirror or are a complete rejection of how we grew up, that the love that we received from our parents or that we didn't receive from our parents or the ways that we communicated with them or how we connected with each other or either repeating those patterns or we're trying to heal those patterns. And so when you think about having somebody in your life who maybe isn't as present for you in a way that you wish that you had, when you go in and you start really doing the work and you start digging in and mining underneath what I call the rock, right? This heaviness that we feel on our shoulders of responsibility, resentment, uh, the first step, which is to admit that we're powerless over every single thing outside of ourselves, that our desire to control people, places, and things has created pain in our life, suffering in our life, right? Step one of soul recovery. And I say we pull out these rocks, these resentments, these these places in our life, these relationships, these situations where we're feeling this energy 
this desire to have our relationship or husband be a certain way or a wife be a certain way. And we look on top and we're all the places where we're wishing that they were different. We're controlling, we're reaching out maybe and trying to start a conversation that they'll respond back to, or we're fishing for something from them, or we're just sitting in our resentment of not getting what we want or what we need. And underneath there, underneath is really where the power is that we can look at what our patterns are, what our beliefs are, what our way of seeing the world, what our missed needs are, our attention to ourself, that attending to our own heart, our own soul. Many of us repeat those patterns that we had in our lives with our parents or our caregivers, but we don't even see it. I had parents that were lovely, wonderful human beings, but they were very much around their existence. What was their things that they wanted to do? Who were they? How were they living in the world? I was a byproduct. I was an only child byproduct who they loved very much, but the world did not revolve around Rachel Ann. The world revolved around them. And I was on the side doing whatever it is that they were doing. And it doesn't mean that I was ignored or neglected. It just means that for my experience for myself, what I remember is that there wasn't a lot of attention to me and my needs. And so I had to learn how to be very self-sufficient, how to be independent, how to be a good girl, how to manage whatever I needed or wanted for myself. That is some of the best qualities in myself are those aspects of myself And as I often say, then you get to this place where you realize that you're not in those aspects of yourself. The needs are starting to get kind of gray or they're underneath and are really sinking into our pain. I ended up marrying somebody who is very similar to them, who is loving. He loves me very much, but the world really revolves around rich and what Rich wants, and who he is, and what his experiences are, what are his activities, what does he need? Because I am repeating the same love energy that I got when I was a kid. I was the supporter to my parents, and I am the supporter to my husband. So all those years that I sat in those feelings of being disappointed and resentful and feeling like he wasn't being sort of what I thought that I wanted. I wasn't having clarity around the fact that I picked him, that this is an opportunity for growth for me, not for me to not get what I need, but for me to see that this is a pattern that repeats, that this is part of my karma, if you want to call it that, in this lifetime for me to work on in my curriculum of life and to begin to unhook the parts that are trying to make it be different to heal something that happened to me when I was a child and to start to look at what does it mean to be supported? What does it mean that these needs that I have, that I'm asking for somebody to fulfill them, that maybe They just don't have the capacity within them, this person that I picked, 
to be there for me in that same way. Now, one of the other things, and Rich and I were actually just talking about this this morning, is that we each see the world in our own way, with our own glasses, right? Our own lenses. And we assume that everybody else in the world sees it the same way. And he was talking about some people he's interacting with and why don't they see it like this? And can't they see that I'm doing all these things? And can't they see how much work I've put into this? And we had this conversation that said, you're doing what feels right to you. And to them, they may not even think that that's important. They may not get it. They may think that you're over there spinning your wheels, but we're so in our own experience as we should be, as we should be. But that experience that we're in can come from a new place in soul recovery that removes the need of the other person to support us in the way that we want that they can't give or do. And it lets us out of a place where we stop being a victim and we stop handing them the power that really is ours, right? If we can't control anything outside of ourself, then we also hand over our control, our one place that we may be able to have some power, some control to somebody else, because we're saying, if you would be there for me in this way, then I could finally feel supported. Now, if I'm honest about myself, and I look at this very similar situation, I'm really wanting something that I didn't get a long, long, long time ago. And the healthier I get around seeing what those younger self patterns were, what those belief systems were, what those fairy tale stories that I told myself were, and I move into this spiritual path where I'm leaning more and more and more into the belief that there is a higher power for me, that I can trust in my own healing that I can trust that this pain that I'm going through, the suffering that I feel from how I want it to be, is part of my ability to grow and to learn and to expand and to trust. I move into an interior world that releases the need for somebody else to show up in a very specific way and allows them to show up in the way that they can, in the way that this person who's in my life can. Now, part of acceptance, truly accepting somebody for exactly who they are, doesn't mean that we have to like all of it. It doesn't mean we have to agree with all of it. But it means I stop having so much clinging to the part that doesn't work. When I have these conversations with myself around my relationship with my spouse, it's interesting how If I go down that well that says he isn't enough for me, I don't get these things that I need. I'll walk into the house and I will see somebody who isn't showing up for me in the way that I need or want. I create that. Those needs that I have are powerful and important and the way that we feel tells us what we need to know about ourselves. 
tells us what we need to know about ourselves. So we should never, ever betray ourselves for what we truly need. But when we quit clinging to somebody to provide it for us and start working on our inner mind, our inner healing, our inner work, then we can see with more clarity that person and we can have more awareness of, am I really missing out on who they actually are and that that actually does provide for me some of the things that I think that I'm missing, but in a way that might be a little bit different. That's how it is in my relationship. If you're ready for soul recovery, as a spiritual coach, I can support your healing to help make real changes that will bring you a life of peace, happiness, connection, and abundance. You can also work in smaller groups by taking a deep dive in a Zoom workshop or with me in person at a retreat or an event. Join others on the soul recovery path once a month for the free Zoom support group or daily on the private Facebook page. Visit the website recoveryoursoul.net to book coaching sessions with me or find all the information you need about soul recovery, dates that are coming up, and how to register for those groups and workshops. To support the podcast and the community, check the links in the show notes to make a small monthly donation or a one-time donation of your choice that will make a huge impact to support this community and the soul recovery mission. Together, we can do the work that will recover your soul. Rich isn't going to sit next to me on the couch, have me curl up in his lap and have me cry out what's going on for me, you know, and just be this source of just feel it, honey, just feel it. I'm right here and I've got you and I'll protect you. And that is not how our relationship is. And somewhere in there, because I didn't get that from my parents, I didn't have that kind of, um, I knew they loved me. There was unconditional love, but there wasn't like this protector piece, right? And some part of me really wants this protector piece where I can just really climb up in there and just completely collapse and crumble and be loved and seen and witnessed and held and, and have him be my prince in shining armor. Some part of me wants that, but I'm not going to get that. But what I am going to get is I'm going to get somebody who, if I say, Hey, can I have a little bit of your time? Cause I really, I'm just going through this and I just want to talk about it. He'll sit down and he'll listen to me. He will tell me what he thinks. <laughs> he will absolutely be there to tell me what he thinks. And I've had to learn to let go of how I want to be listened to as well. And he'll tell me that he loves me and he'll protect me in the ways that he protects me. And he may not be able to feel the depth of my emotions, but those aren't his to feel like that. Those are mine to feel for me. He'll make me coffee. Every morning he makes a beautiful latte with a heart in it if he can get the foam to make a heart. And he provides deeply for us financially by working incredibly physically hard on demanding jobs, work outside, building things. And he will do work around the house that is his to do. And he will tell me that he loves me. 
and he will give me a hug and he'll hold my hand at night while we watch Netflix together. And he'll send me texts sometimes during the day. That's just a sweet little something. That's who he is. That's what he has to offer me. And the more that I've been able to see who he is and what he has to offer me, the more I can allow him to offer what he has. And those parts of me in my recovery that have become really clear about some of these things that I need, I'm resourcing elsewhere. So if I need to be held while I cry, I'm going to get a girlfriend. I'm going to find one of my trusted best friends and I'm going to allow myself to be in that space where I can be held in the way that I just need somebody to let me just let it all out. And I'm going to not need it from a place where I can't get it. So in this situation that's happened in my life, what I've realized is that the who's supporting who and how they're supporting each other had become the tit for tat battlefield. And that what I let go of mostly, again, I don't do this all perfectly. Sometimes I am definitely in a place where I'm not as resourced. I'm not as grounded. It's much easier to get annoyed, but I'm able to ask for what I need in other areas from other sources. But the main source is around my inner connection with myself and my knowing for myself that I can open up to this deep trusting that I am being held and guided by something greater than myself, that I am here for a purpose, that this learning is part of it, that I can let go of the pain, that I can ask for help, and it will come in ways that maybe are different than what I wanted. Now, when you do this work and you start to be able to come from a place that is healthier, you may look at your relationship and realize it is not the one for you. This is the really hard truth. I'm not saying that you just allow someone to be exactly who they are when it truly and deeply is not enough. It doesn't provide support. It doesn't allow you to engage in your fullness expression of who you are. If you listen to the episode on us being plants in the garden and the container and the size of the container, if you are in a relationship with somebody who isn't expanding and growing or having the desire to do so like you are, it's not a game, a race that you have to be on the same race. But if you really have somebody who isn't on this journey at all and is keeping you restricted from you being able to be yourself because you're betraying yourself to be in that relationship. Can you let go of blame? Can you let go of wanting somebody to be right and someone to be wrong and stand in your own strength and start to begin to trust that this guidance that you're getting, this knowing that you're getting that there is more for you, that this isn't healthy for you, that you need to detach and let them have their own experience, that you are being drained by constantly supporting them in a way 
that is what they're asking for that doesn't have the space of detachment where you're taking responsibility for somebody else's stuff because they're just constantly shoving it onto you to take care of for them. These are the places where we, from our healthier standpoint of ourselves, start to look at boundaries, start to look at what truly is healthy, start to look at why we may be choosing to stay in situations that are unhealthy for us. This is where you start to truly stand up for yourself, take your power back, ask yourself difficult questions, ask yourself what the fear is, let go of this belief that we are indeed responsible for everybody else's happiness. This is the hard stuff right here. Because it may be that this constant support that we have for somebody else is them also repeating patterns in their life where they're not taking care of themselves. They refuse to take care of themselves. And we're caught in that story, in that hook. So that's why this is so complicated. It isn't something that's straightforward. It isn't a, if you do this, this will happen. If you respond this way, that will happen. We are all unique individuals having this life experience. And in spirituality, we're moving away from our ego attachment, our attachment to other people's experiences, our attachment to fixing and helping, losing ourselves and believing that we were brought here for a purpose, that our lives are valuable that we can choose ourselves, that we can let other people have their experience for what it is, that we can move into a place of knowing that the guidance that we hear and feel in our gut and in our heart is real, and that our feelings are telling us something, and that our feelings are valuable. And this ability to reach in and heal our younger selves to touch in on our soul recovery, to do the nine steps of soul recovery, this allows us to make those kinds of choices. And if you choose to be in, in your relationship, be in, be in, don't be halfway, accepting, loving, supporting, not being codependent, not enabling, but standing in your own strength. And if you are on that line and you keep kind of being out, pay attention to what your feelings are telling you. Work on this inner self and make a decision, knowing that you are being guided to do what's right for you. Each of you are in your own experience and only you know what's right for you. You know. Because spirit is indeed guiding and leading you to what is right for you. We get all this stuff from everybody else about what they think we should do. Stay or go. Support, don't support. Blame, don't blame. This is your journey, your soul recovery journey. You've got this. I'm always here to help you. I'm always here to do coaching sessions with you. Man, you can do so much in just a few sessions. 
to work through some of these issues, to answer some of these things for yourself, to connect to your highest self within and hear your own guidance and own truth. Until next time, namaste. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Recovery Soul Podcast and being part of this amazing and growing community. If you loved this episode and you want even more, there is a bonus episode with even more content every Friday. This is by subscription. You can access that by being a Patreon member and there's three tiers of giving of your choice or an Apple Podcast subscriber. Once you have subscribed, you have access to a whole back catalog of episodes as well. If you would go to the website, recoveryoursoul.net, and I would love for you to subscribe to email updates so that you can keep posted with everything that's going on, different events, what dates are coming up, any reminders. There's only a couple emails each month. I hope you follow Recover Your Soul on social media. You can find us on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, the private Facebook community page, TikTok. And if you want guided meditations, look for Reverend Rachel Harrison on Insight Timer. I really encourage you to take advantage of the one-on-one coaching. This is a unique, intuitive connection between the two of us. There are nine steps to soul recovery, and I do use those nine steps to loosely guide us through whatever you're coaching that you need. But really, it's about creating a way for you to feel comfortable around your healing of your past, looking at the situations in your life. What are the patterns? What are the beliefs that are holding you back? Breaking free from those patterns, breaking free from those beliefs, letting go of control, letting go of the people around you, and taking your power back discovering who you are and who you want to be in the world and how I can support you to do this. And also, you're sharing this podcast with your friends, putting five stars, leaving reviews, really sharing this with others is growing the community. Thank you for being part of this community. Thank you for supporting Recover Your Soul. And I know that together, we can do the work that will recover your soul. The Recover Your Soul podcast and its content is for educational purposes only and is not allied or representative of any organizations or religions. It's based on the opinions and experience of Reverend Rachel Harrison. Recover Your Soul claims no responsibility to any persons or entity for any liability, loss, damage, or cause alleged to be caused directly or indirectly as a result of its use. Applications or interpretations of the information represented herein. Take what you need and leave the rest.